PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to bring in Craig Bowlerjack. He's brought to you in part by University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are you two? Good. We're good. Are you nervous? Because I don't think you get nervous going on TV anymore. I think that stopped a long time ago. <laughs> I don't think you get nervous for NBA games. You probably did, you know, the first couple when you were placing Hot Rod. But now you've been doing it for years, so you don't. Yeah, but now yeah. you're going to call it off a monitor. I'm wondering if Bowler's feeling a few butterflies. You know what? I gotta be. I'll be totally honest. I've had what my wife says is monkey brain when it just doesn't work. I just kind of get scattered around. You know, it's like whoa, whoa, you know. But <laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest. Uh, this is a new adventure. This, this is this is new, right? Did they I mean, have you? I, did they have you practice? Because they had me practice, and it's a good thing. Because although it sucked on the air, it sucked even <laughs> worse in the practice. So I minimized a little of the magnificent labors of suckitude that came calling it off a monitor with no crowd noise. I mean, I was like, I was like frozen. I was like, it was terrible. Dunce, Brian Dunson was looking at me, and Dunny was just like, oh boy. Oh boy, long night. Oh yeah, don't boy, hold back. Wait, he'd call games off a monitor. You, you get a certain level of comfort with it, but at first, it's really weird. Yeah, you know, we did not uh, practice. We have had multiple Zoom calls uh, where we've really kind of gone through the whole scenario. Uh, watched some of the Denver game last night, and that was kind of an odd setup where they just had the four announcers lined at the top on a Zoom call. We're not doing that. You're going to look at the game tonight just like if you're watching it on a regular broadcast. You're not going to see our faces except in an open, a halftime, and a post game. So we're going to try to call it uh, just like a regular season game. And uh, I think the league has done a great job of uh, informing us of what they're going to do with you know, microphones under the floor and robocams. And all sorts of stuff. You know, I mean, that's I, I, I'm more impressed with how the NBA approached this, guys. Uh, instead of just locking down a couple of cameras and, and walking out, uh, they put a lot of ingenuity and, and maybe some new technology that will be used later when things return to, quote, norm. But I, I'm excited to see how it turns out. I mean, could it be rough? Yeah. Is it going to be a different um, – you know, uh, the first five minutes to me will just be like, uh, as you said, DJ, it just kind of comes at you in a whirlwind of how this looks, how it sounds, because I don't know. And, um, yeah, it's a scrimmage, but it's basketball. It's been four and a half months. And I, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure we'd ever get back to this point. So, yes, I am excited. And I am, a, I got a little, uh, I got a little, you know, I got a little twinge. My mind's everywhere. It's spinning a little bit today and, and last night. So, yeah. I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. So I think that you know your your the whole goal is to present a presentable product to the public as we watch the game, and you know that's what it's about. You're there to broadcast the game, and we want to see as normal as possible of what we've been used to. You know, and you're right with that Zoom thing on the top. That didn't look normal. That looked different, and I don't want that. Now I can handle it in the. I keep calling it preseason, but scrimmage games because right. you know, they don't really count, obviously. But when we get to next week, you know, I want all the kinks ironed out and have everything to go. And what you're saying here 
is that from my perspective, the consumer's perspective at the other end of the television, when I watch it, now aside from the no fans and the different arena, I get all that, but I should expect to see what I've usually been able to see when I turn on a jazz broadcast. Yeah, I, I, I expect that, TK. I think you're going to see uh, technology never seen before with um, – It'd be like Monday Night Football when it first introduced the first down line. I, I think you'll see tonight whether uh, they overlay by uh, by a computer uh, the Jazz logo uh, on the floor to make it look like it's a home game or give you a feel. They're also going to pipe in uh, noise and uh, anthems of of, of uh, audio that you'll recognize from each and everyone's home floor audio uh, in, in game production, as they call it. So uh, you saw some uh, fans that were dubbed in, so to speak, electronically. And, you know, I think our broadcasts will differ from others. The producers have ways that they want to try to present it. I got a lot of trust in Trav. Travis Henderson's been all over the world and been, yeah, he's been my only producer since I started with the Jazz, and uh, he's very talented. And uh, Jeremy Bruner, guys that people don't know that just get things done. And we've had a lot of discussions. We'll have another one today, and then I'll head to the arena. They don't want us there as early as we usually do, the 6 o'clock tip mountain time. So uh, I usually am always there a couple of two and a half hours before a game. They don't want us there unless it's you know about an hour just for safety so just getting into the arena will be exciting right and uh going through that process and i haven't been in i've been in the building one time uh one time since uh that game against toronto uh on the 9th of march so it's it's been a long time i now know what my daily temperature is because i get it taken every time i come in the building (laughs) Yeah, it turns yeah, out like that, that that whole ninety-seven point eight thing, ninety-eight point six. I guess ninety-eight point six is the number. Lie, it's a lie. I'm much cooler than that. It's cool. Are you cool? Yeah, I'm very, you're a cool, dude. I'm, I'm about ninety-seven too. Yeah, I run a little cool. I don't know. Sometimes uh, it, you know, it jumps, but yeah, I'll probably be nervous and sweating like a dog, and they'll just look at me like, really? But yeah, <laughs> you, you, you walk in with your mask, right? I go to an elevator upstairs. I don't. Even, I don't think I'm going to see anybody. Except Thurl, who's going to be probably 12 feet away. Yep. And Matt Harpering's in Atlanta. He'll try to join us if the technology's correct uh, in some sort of a, uh, a Zoom call where he can analyze some key plays. And, you know, and Chris and Kenny will be on the other side of the arena. And Locke will be exactly on the opposite side. So the, the Jumbotron, from what I understand, they're going to drop it uh, into about eye level for us. And then we'll... You know, we'll bark our calls from that. It's going to be what they call a clean feed, a world feed, and that gives us a chance to use one extra handheld camera to give fans a little bit more personalized jazz basketball, and our graphics uh, will come out of the truck at the arena, and that will give us also kind of that, that more jazz feel for the game. But I'm going to learn along with you guys and jazz fans on how this all looks. I'm sure some will be happy, some won't like it, but under the circumstances, I'm just glad we get some basketball. 
So PK and I have been debating where will the Boyan's 15 shots a game, how will they be distributed? And you look at Mike Conley, because that's guy number one, right? And Conley is probably... Uh, he's running about two shots per game below what he did most years in Memphis. Four shots below his career high, but that was a team that didn't have a lot of options. And this team still does have a lot of options. True, so I can true. see Conley getting two or three shots per game, but that leaves a lot of shots. And we were looking at Royce O'Neal. PK brought him up right away. Royce O'Neal is shooting a career high five shots a game. Seems like he could get quite a few more. Not that Clarkson or Niang or Moutier, you know, there are multiple guys who could get him. Joe probably could, but he probably won't take him. So we were kind of settling on Royce O'Neal. What do you think? Well, Royce is a good cho- cho- choice. If Joe wears his headband, that may be an indicator that he's going to drop a couple more threes, right? Or at least take a couple of more. You know, from every indication I have from Orlando and a couple of players I've talked to, uh, privately, is they, I think there's going to be a little bit more up-tempo uh, feel to this game uh, and see how that works. Uh, defense, obviously, is still a key, but I think you'll see maybe Conley running the show with Donovan a little quicker, which means you can put up more shots to make up for the 20-plus points. It's hard to replace a 41% three-point shooter, but you know what? Here's a stat for you, and I'm, you know, I'm not locked, but I was just looking at Conley because I still think, as you said, D.J., a centerpiece of how the Jazz are going to do uh, in these uh, seeding games and the playoffs. But prior to the, the COVID shutdown, his last 13, uh, we were looking at this yesterday, he was playing maybe his best mm-hmm. ball. He was almost 17 points a game, and his three-point shot was at 44% over a 13-game span. So I think he rolls in here confident. Uh, I think he felt lost when he first arrived, and that's not a knock, but look, 12 years – with the same system, basically. Uh, I think it was a little overwhelming. Uh, then the injury came, and then he had to work his way back. Uh, but I, I feel that Conley is much more suited for this offense now than he was uh, back in October, November, December. And here's the other thing. Donovan and Rudy, uh, all indications are everything's good, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm anxious to have the, it answered for me tonight and everyone else. Just maybe the body language. Donovan says he wants to be a better passer, as he talked about in Orlando um, the last couple of weeks. And does that equate into more touches for Gobert? So, you know, there's another player that may get uh, a couple more touches uh, with Bogey out of the lineup as well. If he runs the floor with Donovan and Conley, I can see it happening. And Royce as well and Joe, I think Jordan Clarkson is going to get his share as well. As I look at this thing, there's a lot of things that come to my mind, and we all agree that Conley, before the thing shut down, was playing a lot better, but I don't know that he's going to play better than he was playing better, if that makes any sense. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so, better but it, better, yeah. Right, but if he plays the better that was March versus October, November, we're all, we'll all take it. I And I understand Mitchell here as far as being a better passer. What I hope, though, that that doesn't enter his mind, oh, i got to get Rudy more. you got to uh-huh. get Rudy more if Rudy is there to get more. But my point is I don't want Mitchell to be second-guessing himself. Should I shoot? Should I pass? Am I hogging the ball too much? No, just go do what you do. And then I think Clarkson – 
he does what he does, and he does it so well that I'm hesitant to expect more out of him because he's already doing a lot. I want him to just do what he does, and if he does that, I'll be happy. And Joe is Joe, and you know what you're going to get. That's why I keep coming back to O'Neal because of all the guys that I see are able to give more, I think O'Neal has the most potential to give more, and it's not it's not a knock on him by any stretch because he was asked to do a role, and he's done that role, and he's established himself. They gave him a new contract. He's going to be in the NBA for years to come. Well, now I think they go to him and they say, hey, Royce, this guy over here, Bogdanovich, is out. This is your time. This is really your time to show us what you can do offensively. So I expect when I look at it, when we get to whenever this season ends, look back of those eight games plus the postseason, I expect to sit, be able to say Royce O'Neal really took advantage of that opportunity the most out of anybody on the team. PK, it's a great, it's a great thought and breakdown, man. I mean, I'm, I, I'm looking at his numbers right now. 55 starts, not a guy that gets a lot of shots, but when he does, he's been very effective from about 40%, 39% from three. If you give him a two or three more attempts a game and he makes them, then his average jumps from six to 10 uh, or 11. And so I could see that happening too. You know, the thing you said about Gobert, I'm with you on Donovan. He still has to be fluid in his mind, right? I don't think you can think, you react. So if Rudy... I was thinking about this last night. If Gobert gets over, if he can can take the next step, and maybe this whole situation, PK, has done this for Gobert, is that okay? Uh, we know that you don't dis, you don't agree with all the calls uh, against you. So many times, Rudy's been late running back with Donovan on the offensive end, and so if he can get away from his uh, his, his two second gripe to the officials and run with the offense. I think in the flow of the offense, PK, Donovan sees Rudy beating his man down the floor and maybe gets those passes that he has talked about more touches, I should say. So I'm looking at that tonight, too, just to see the body language and the efforts that's put forth, especially if the Jazz decide to up the tempo a bit. Rudy has to be a key to that because he's got to run with this team. He can't lag behind, upset over a non-call. So all these things come into play. And, I, you know, we can talk and talk. I think we'll get a lot of good answers tonight. I know it's a scrimmage, uh, but it's the Phoenix Suns with Rubio. There's a little extra juice, I think, there because, uh, you know, Ricky's two years and the way he mentored Donovan. Um, the last time the Jazz saw the Suns at home, Utah got knocked out by 20 on their home floor. So uh, I think this game has a little bit more than just a scrimmage attitude to it. Um, I think these guys have been are hungrier. I, I think they don't take this as a scrimmage. I think they look at this as, you know, reestablishing themselves and hopefully working on what we just talked about: who gets shots, who takes Bogdanovich's, uh, you know, attempts, points, and how they run this offense. So again, um, I, I think answers will come tonight. Some answers, not all, but at least it's three scrimmages before the seeding games. And I'm, I've been waiting a long time. I, I, I'll be honest; I didn't think we'd get here. But we are, and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Jordan Clarkson is playing 25 minutes a game and and taking a shot basically every other minute. And uh-huh. he's doing it mostly, not completely, but mostly with a second unit where teams know what's coming. Jordan's going to get the ball, and he's going to shoot it, and he's going to score it. And they can't stop him. 
So there's probably a thought, well, he could pick up some scoring for Bogdanovich, and there's probably some truth to that. I'm wondering if he gets to 30, 32, 33 minutes a game, does he start to wear down? He's not the biggest guy, and he plays with a lot of energy. Is that sustainable for him, or do you think he's his best player if they keep him in that 25, 26-minute range? Well, I've talked to him, and he would tell you that he'd play all night. Yeah, if, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he would say that. Yeah, yeah. Because he does, he, his motor, as we all say in the cliche terms, you know, it, it runs high. But he never lets the ball, you know, he, he's like a Nash, doesn't pick the dribble up and continues to look and look and look for the open shot. What's impressed me the most is that it, at his size, he's 6'4", but he's able to finish. He gets to the rim. He's not afraid to go into the paint. Um, and I'll throw on another name, which I, I know – you know, he's been limited in usage, but I still think Emmanuel Moutier's strength and the way at times he's combined with the second unit with Clarkson, that will be intriguing, too, if he actually gets a few touches as well. Um, you know, he's a strong player. Uh, I think he's uh, come a long way since he decided to sign with the Jazz. That's what he came here for was to improve his game and uh, less turnovers. So, you know, I think each of these guys we talk about, all have hope that they're going to be a major part of what the Jazz are going to do. Uh, and my other question, too, PK, DJ, is the second unit. Does Conley still slide down and lead part of that second unit with Clarkson or Moutier uh, just to give the Jazz a totally different look and tempo, um, as, as Mike was doing at times? So those are all things we'll see tonight, I'm sure, and how Quinn will rotate the players in, in his lineups. From your perspective, when you broadcast remotely, what is missing? Well, what I'm going to miss tonight is just the, 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 the energy of the crowd. Um, you cannot replicate, duplicate, duplicate whatever. I, I like the interaction with the fans. I like to hear their energy. I like to feel it. Um, I think we're going to hear the sounds of the game um, because of the way that the NBA has put this together. But Man, I feed off fans in stadiums and arenas, uh, you know. And then the the thing that I'm going to have to adjust to PK is when Donovan, let's just say, takes off and, and does one of his you know number of dunks. You know, there's that moment of layout, as they always like to say. I, I always remember early in my playoff days, producers, you know, yell layout. You've heard that, DJ. I mean, I hear shut, I hear shut your mouth, but shut it's the same mouth. point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, layout. And that's where you get the moment that makes a great moment even better. And that, to me, is the one thing I think we'll miss, we'll miss tonight. I don't know. I don't know how the fill of the sounds of the game will take over some monumental plays. I don't want to overdo it, but yet, you know, I get excited. Who doesn't? And, but, again, you always just step back and let the crowd take it because that's the exciting part of it. You want to hear their emotion. So that's the one thing that I think will be missing the most in these remote games from Orlando. You can't replicate that, PK. Even if you pipe in, you know, it's like a laugh track, you know. Sometimes that laugh track works. Other times you go, why did they put it there? Uh-huh. And I think it's kind of the same, the same feel. You know, you've got to let the emotions of the moment take. And I don't think you can force feed it. I don't think the league's trying to. But again, I'll find out more on on how it's how it's produced uh, during this first scrimmage tonight. Bowler, sometimes when the crowd's really going nuts, the only thing you compare it to when you're playing, and as you get older, you can't do as much of this stuff. 
but to hit a baseball or a softball, I don't do it very often, but apparently you can do it with a golf ball too. And you, <laughs> you swing through it, and you, you almost don't even feel it. No. You no. know? And it's... Uh, if you if you go body surfing, I don't I don't surf on a board. I I probably end up killing somebody, possibly myself. Um, but if you're body surfing, sometimes you're on top of sometimes you're swimming in the wave, but sometimes you're like on top of it and it just the wave almost throws you forward and it's a really cool feeling. And that kind of adrenaline rush when the crowd is really going nuts in a big moment is awesome. It is so cool to be calling a game and the crowd takes off like that. And so when you don't have that at all. It's really, it's really foreign. You'll adapt to it. You'll probably be a little frustrated at the end of tonight, but you're going to do, I, I think you've got to do at least 15 of these, and then depending on length of the playoff series, 16, 17, 18. You yeah, know, it'll, yeah. it'll be normal by the end of that. I think it'll be normal to the viewers, but I think the first time watching a scrimmage with no fans, with the announcers on remote, it, it may feel a little bizarre. Yeah, and I think, too, how many, how many remote games have you done? Oh, wow. I don't know. Now, probably... 20, no, more than that, 30 or 40. 30 or 40. Yeah. See, the other part of this, too, is I'm going to be separated, and usually you have that energy connected between your analysts as well because you're sitting shoulder to shoulder, and you can read his mind and he yep. can read yours. And now I'm going to be <laughs> down the row, you know, and waving, yeah. hey. And I think, again, too, that's, <clears throat> you know, you, that, that connection you have, um, and KK's across the floor, uh, across the arena. And trying to do her thing. So, it, it, it look, it's Locke's going to have his challenge too. It, look, radio plays off, you know, the crowd and the sounds as well. And uh, you know, Boone, Boone, and he are going to have to figure out that tempo uh, of their own calls. And uh, I think by the end of the night, we'll just look at each other and go, "Wow, what an experience!" Uh, but like you, I think like you make a great point. In five to ten games, it may. It may become the norm. Yeah. I hope it never is, though, DJ. It may over this course of this virus and runs into next year. But, man, you cannot replicate what's live and the emotions of the moment in an arena, stadium, a pitch, whatever, because that's real. And uh, it doesn't. you can't duplicate it. You can't replicate that. You can't. So we know during the normal times you usually do the first round and then the networks take over. How is that going to be this year? I think it's the same setup, PK. I think we get through the first round, uh, and then if the Jazz uh, get into round two, that's where network uh, exclusivity bounces in. I wish it wasn't the case this year because it would be great. I love, you know, playoff games have a whole different level uh, of play and energy, but again, <laughs> what kind of energy will, will, will the, you know, the arenas have? Um, but. From what I understand, yes, uh, because of contracts and the fact that money is generated by those contracts, uh, they're going to take their exclusivity and continue with TNT, ABC, and ESPN. I'm just glad we get the first round, um, which is always what we've done. And I believe the only thing they'll allow, uh, and I may be wrong, uh, is that we always can do a side-by-side with TNT I'm not sure if the ABC exclusivity still holds true in this first round, but we'll find out. Bowler, as always, good to talk to you. Good luck. You will like being home sleeping in your own bed. That's the upside. Yeah, that's the only thing. You get home and you go, what just happened, right? <laughs> but it, it's, it's going to be an exciting uh, night. I hope fans enjoy it, and I'm excited to see the production value of it. PK, DJ, uh, you guys, DJ, you've been through it. I haven't. And so this is, uh, you know, like going to kindergarten. 
<laughs> your birthday. <laughs> Six o'clock, Jazz and Sons from Orlando. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. Listen to it on the Zone Sports Network. Thanks, Bowler. Thanks, guys. Utah Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck is going to join us at 945. Stay with us.